Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. So I want you to know that Jesus, and we're gonna, we're gonna say I won't preach my message before I pray because I, I just don't want you to sit through the service waiting for the end for the final prayer before you experience more peace. I know that some of you, you came to the service and there were things that were competing with your peace that after just worship and praise, you felt a lifting. That's what happens in the presence of God. So the Spirit of the Lord's here, but let's just bow our heads and, uh, and you're here. You do how, you just receive tonight. You can raise your hands to them. You can raise your head to them, point your chin up or down or just receive right now. Lord, uh, tonight, thank you for paying the price for our peace and tonight, Thank you, Holy Spirit, for ministering and, and giving and, and re- the releasing of peace right now. I speak peace over every one of our lives tonight in this place. Now I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. I receive your peace in your name. Jesus, amen. Now say, I'm peaceful. Okay, Uh, there were three men on a hill with their watches. The first man threw his watch down the hill and it broke. Second man threw his watch down the hill and it broke. The third man threw his watch down the hill and walked all the way to the bottom and caught it. And the other two were puzzled and they asked the third man how he did it. Third man said, easy, my watch is five minutes slow. See there? He was one of those thinking men. We're, uh, I preached uh, uh, on this uh, two weeks ago. Um, we don't have the CD of it, uh, but I will give you my notes from that first part if you'd like them uh, for $49.95 after the service. <laughs> now. No, I will give you a copy of my notes free. It's really important. We talked the first week, two weeks ago, when I, when I spoke in part one, how we can experience more of God's peace through his word. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. See, God's word, Jesus' word to us, will, br- the, will bring us into peace. And so we'll get peace through his word. And so we're gonna talk more tonight about peace and getting, getting more of God's peace released or receiving more of it because peace is not just a byproduct of salvation. The, 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 the peace of God isn't just an extra perk that we get when we get saved. Peace is part of what defines who God really is. 
If you're taking notes, Judges 6, verse 24 uh, gives one of God's names that, that reveals part of his nature, and it is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, 6, uh, there, 6 and 7, this is prophetic. Obviously, if you, you hear this, these verses read, it's prophetic of the coming Christ. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful. Isn't he wonderful? Amen. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Did you hear that tonight? Uh, the increase of his peace, there shall be no end. Don't ever get to the place to where you think, well, I guess my, my peace is just finished. It isn't. Not through him of the increase. His peace is increasing in all our lives. Aren't you glad for that? And as believers, peace should define our lives. Ephesians 2.14, for he himself is our peace. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you. Now, I want you to, to listen to me because this is a rhetorical question. In other words, I don't want you to answer this question because I don't want you to embarrass yourself. Some of you, you, you won't ever embarrass yourself, so you, you're, you'll be tempted to shout out the answer anyway, but don't do it. It's just rhetorical. And so I got a question that we're just to ponder in our hearts tonight. And that is, would you say that peace defines your life? If other people were to describe you, would they say, ooh, man, they just have peace all over their lives. They just radiate the peace of God. Now, having said that, I know that that can be kind of a, a difficult question tonight as we ourselves are thinking about because a lot of us came to this service tonight after having some things happen. You probably are like me, thinking about something that maybe competed with your peace today. And so no doubt all of us need a deeper experience with God's peace. It's increasing. Can you say amen? Amen. So that's what this is about, is how we can experience more of what God wants to give us. Listen, he has already paid such a horrific price so we could experience his peace. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In the New International Version, it reads that the peace or the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. So 
hear that tonight, hear God's word to us, and that is uh, the, everything he suffered, his betrayal, the, the mockery, the whipping, the beating, the crown of thorns, the cross was to pay for our peace. And so we don't need to live our life uh, punished by guilt, fear, worry, anxiety, anger, all of those things that are anti-peace. We don't need to live our lives as God's people uh, uh, suffering under the punishment of those things because he has been punished enough for us. And we shouldn't settle for anything less. What he went through was far too horrible for us to stay stressed out, worried, angry, or any of those things that are anti-peace. He is our peace. I want you to say, he is my peace. Now I want you to say this with me as a confession. Jesus, thank you for your suffering. (laughs) Say it again. (laughs) There you go. So I can have peace. I need it, and I won't settle for anything less. Now give him a hand. So we, we are going to need to contend for his peace in our lives. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. There are things that we can do that will help us to let or allow his peace to rule in our hearts so that we can experience more of his peace. One of those, talked about last time, his word. And and these things are so important because if we will let them or give them a chance, uh, we will experience more of his peace. Now tell yourself, give peace a chance. You don't have to squeak the last word like I did, but say, give peace a chance. Tonight we're going to look at another avenue for having his peace rule in our lives, letting it or allowing it to rule in our lives, and that's having a spiritual mind, being spiritually minded. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. Now, briefly, I want to talk about what it means to be spiritually minded. I really do have to point out being spiritually minded doesn't mean being weird. I have, over the years, I've met some people who said that they were really spiritual. They kind of had an air about them. And some of these folks weren't so much spiritual as they were weird. When I was a new convert in the Flagstaff Church, the church I got saved in, we had a a guy come in that said he was Elijah, the big old dude. He wasn't much of a prophet, but he could throw a mean Frisbee. I, this guy was inc- he was incredible at throwing a frisbee. Not, not anywhere much of a prophet at all. But he said that he was Elijah. He was married, had a, a, a woman that he came to church with. 
And she counseled with one of the ladies in our church and said, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm experiencing some real jealousy with uh, my husband. And they said, well, that's, you know, that's kind of a common, that, that can be a common thing. You know, we'll pray with you and all that. And, and uh, what's, what is the source of this jealousy? And she says, well, he says that he's, uh, he's married to me, but he's supposed to marry six other women so he can have seven wives, a perfect number, you know, a perfect God number, you know. So, so that's why we've come to this church so he can find the six other wives. <laughs> he didn't stay long in our church. Uh, we kind of sent him along his way to look for his six other wives somewhere else. And so being spiritually minded isn't spiritual weirdness. I've got a simple definition uh, of being spiritually minded. I kind of came up with this on my own, but I believe it, it holds water. Being spiritually minded is when we let or allow God's Holy Spirit, his ways and his word direct us uh, instead of following our own natural inclinations, or in other words, our carnal mind. Now this saying that I know is one of the great challenges of the Christian life. How many of you, like me, ever had a better idea than God's that didn't turn out so good? Our peace is related to being spiritually minded. Uh, it's when we let or allow God's Holy Spirit, uh, his ways uh, and his word to direct us instead of just following the dictates of our own heart, life, mind, and all of that. And I believe this is what's called uh, walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's good advice, isn't it? The result of being spiritually minded uh, or, and walking in the Spirit is that the fruit of the Spirit will be released in our lives. Later in Galatians 5, verse 22, I put up just the first three, but it says the fruit of the Spirit, this is after the advice to walk in the Spirit, then he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Many other things, but I wanted to emphasize peace, peace comes from being spiritually minded, walking in the Spirit, letting and allowing God's Holy Spirit to direct or influence us uh, instead of just following our own way, natural inclination, that carnal mind. And this is a big challenge to us, isn't it? That's pretty weak tonight. This is a big challenge to us, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. And that's to be spiritual. You know, some of us just are afraid. Well, I, I don't want to get too spiritual because I just, just want to be weird. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about just becoming spiritual. Amen. Letting God's Spirit direct us instead of uh, uh, just doing what we think is right at the moment. So what do you mean by that? Well, like forgiving people when we'd rather be bitter. Loving people when we'd rather hate them. Being generous instead of being selfish. Being a giver instead of a taker. There's so many areas. <clears throat> you know, when we get saved, we are born again, aren't we? 
we're born of the Spirit. That means God's Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in our heart, in our spirit. We are brand new, got a brand new spirit. If anyone, the 2 Corinthians 5, 17, anyone in Christ, he's a new creation. Our spirit is made brand new and perfect. God's perfect spirit is inside of us. Now I want you to say, I'm a brand new me. See, that Spirit of God dwells in us, perfect. But listen, our soul is a work in progress. Now tell yourself, I'm under construction. Our soul represents our mind, our will, and our emotion, and that's where a lot of our trouble in life comes from. One of the greatest challenges is to let the Spirit of God influence us instead of a, just our soulful self, our mind, our will, or emotions. So I, I want to talk in the rest of this message <clears throat> about two soulful areas that mess with our peace. The first is our feelings or emotions, and the second is our thoughts or our minds. One of the areas where we struggle is in our feelings, our emotions, isn't it? B.J. Thomas put it this way, I'm hooked on a feeling. Now, we can have, there's a lot of good feelings we have. All emotions aren't negative or bad. There's some good feelings. I got one right now. I'm thinking about my wife, Cindy. I'm high on believing that you're in love with me. Oh, I'm tempted. Lips as sweet as candy. You guys pray for me, because I'm going to be in trouble when we go home. Every once in a while, she says, you're not going to sing to me tonight, are you? She didn't ask. She didn't ask tonight. Next time, she will. Not all feelings bad by any means. There's good, positive feelings and emotions. But I have to warn us, feelings can mess us up. Anybody besides me ever got messed up because you were hooked on a feeling? To the most dangerous words we can feel or think or say or I feel. Oh, I just, I just feel. They can be that feeling. Feelings can mis- mislead us. We've all been misled by feelings at times. Some, just a little bit ago, uh, some uh, couple of weeks, I think. Cindy and I think, my memory, you know, my memory, it's not... Anyway, but I, what I think is when this time, because this happened several times, but uh, we, were, we were laying in bed, just getting ready to go off to sleep, and we hear a thump, thump in the house, thump. You ever hear thumps in the night? And so both of us said, did you hear that? Did you hear Yeah, I heard that. And so I sent Cindy to investigate. <laughs> it wasn't anything. No, I didn't. I, I think I did get up and go look through the house and all that. I, 
chivalry is still alive. <laughs> but see, our feelings can mislead us, can't they? They can cause us to do things we shouldn't do. Feelings will take us in wrong directions. You know why people sleep around? You know why people uh, lie, cheat, steal, get drunk, get high, and all the other things that, that they do? You know why people do that? They feel like it. They feel like it. Didn't a song one time say, how can something that feels so right be so wrong? <laughs> you can't follow feelings. Not all the time. Now, sometimes they'll, follow, they'll take you in a good direction, but you can't trust all of our food. If we're not careful, we'll get hooked on a feeling. Now, I'm going to say something that we already know, but don't always act like it, and that is we cannot always trust our feelings. So I'm going to have a, uh, I need group participation to help me prove my point tonight, and this will, this will be all right. If you can stand tonight, I want you just to stand. Don't take a cue and start heading for the doors because I'm, I'm really about halfway through, so <clears throat> just don't get your hopes up yet. All right, now I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to point where you feel north is. Now, just point where you feel north is. Okay, now don't put your arm down yet and open your eyes and just look around for a minute. There's a difference of opinion here tonight. You can sit down. Now, it is about over this way, and I'm not saying that because I'm this master of direct. Any, uh, anybody who knows me knows I am directionally dysfunctional. And so I, I checked on my iPhone, the compass, before. <laughs> but see, we can feel, and our feelings can take us in the wrong direction. They can take us away from God. They can take us away from our families. They can take us away from our friends. We can feel tempted, or we can feel angry, or we can feel misunderstood, and that feeling takes us in a wrong and can take us in a wrong direction. So feelings can mislead us, but they can also keep us from doing things that we should do, like exercising. I didn't work out today. You know why? Didn't feel like it. I haven't worked out in several weeks. We've got a total gym. We've got an elliptical bike. We've got the, the, the materials in our home to work out. But I have been saying for several weeks, my lower back has felt strained. And you know, uh, uh, this is Cindy night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what she, she said. Maybe it's your chair. That is good. You know why? Because that is her subtle way of saying, you're sitting on your rear too much. You need to get up. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's your chair. Yeah, that's it. That's that chair. Need a new lazy boy. That's what I need. See, we don't do things sometimes because we just don't feel it. You know why sometimes we don't read our Bibles? Don't feel like it. You know why sometimes we don't go to church? Don't feel like it. And there's a reason we don't do a lot of the things 
that we should do, and it's simply because we don't feel like it. So, how do we get unhooked? How do we get more spiritual? See, as believers, we, we have been born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives inside us. Uh, that Spirit of God in us is spiritual power. The Holy Spirit is in us to help us, isn't he? Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now notice what it's saying here because it's so important, the wording. It's not talking about just self-discipline. We do have a part to play. We must respond to the Holy Spirit, and there is a part we play, but he doesn't say just uh, uh, exert your willpower, but he says the operable phrase is by the Spirit. If we will let him or give him a chance, uh, he, the Holy Spirit, will help us get unhooked from our feelings. Kind of like this, Jesus, my feelings are taking me the wrong way. I'm tempted, or I'm worried, or I'm mad, or I feel so alone. But I give the Holy Spirit who lives in me the right to help me now to give me peace. So our soul also, it, it includes our, our emotions our, and our our. Uh, that, that the feelings, but our soul also includes our mind, which is made up of our thoughts. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says, for to be, again, this says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So how do we become more spiritually minded? Uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 10 and verse 5 tells us, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Two things that I want to point out in this verse. First of all, we're going to have to dump some of our thoughts. Casting down. We all are going to have to cast down some of those thoughts. Uh, we all have thoughts at times that aren't worth keeping. Our minds are like computers. And all of us that have computers know every once in a while you got to delete some of those files or, or it gets bogged down. And that's what we have to do in our minds. We got to delete or trash some of those thoughts that are off the wall. Like I'm no good or I always seem to fail. I wonder if there's any hope. I wonder if anybody likes me or cares. I'm afraid of the future. I'm obsessing about my kids, my parents, myself about lots of things, and listen, we have to get rid of destructive thought patterns, have to cast them down, those reasonings. And then we need to make our minds line up with the Word of God, with His thoughts. Bring captive, that's what He says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's really important monitor our thoughts through Christ, obedience, his word, and through the word of God, what it says about us. One of, one of the definitions of obedience that I, I, as I looked it up in Strong's Greek Dictionary, one of the, the uh, definitions was a, a, a attentive hearkening. Amen. 
I just like that, attentive hearkening. Well, we may not talk like that a whole lot. Uh, you probably think I was weird if I, see there, never mind. I, you know, you probably think I was unusual if I said, I want you to hearken attentively to the rest of this message. You'd think, well, here's, he's odd. Uh, hark, the Harold Wilson speaks. But attentive hearkening means simply to pay attention. So listen to this. We need to pay attention to God's thoughts instead of to those that are ours that are bad thoughts, rotten, not lining up with God's words. His thoughts, listen, are never hopeless. One of my favorite verses in the Bible now, one of the many, but this you've heard me teach, preach about it again and again, but this is so critical. I would encourage you to memorize. If you're going to commit some verses of Scripture to memory, Romans 15, 13 should be one of those. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in a hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit gives us hope-filled thoughts that will fill us with joy and peace. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that spiritual mind. It gives us his thoughts. Jesus said he will bring all things to your remembrance. And what we need is to allow, let the Holy Spirit bring to mind God's word that will help us, fill us with his thoughts, his ideas about us uh, and respond to those. Like this, Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a thought of God. This is what God thinks about us. That's what he says, doesn't it? I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Say toward me. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. We need to know what he knows. He says, I want you to know what I'm thinking towards you. I have thoughts towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil. You know, the problem with a lot of people is they think that God thinks evil of them. Uh, there are a lot of Christians who think that God thinks badly of them. God must hate me, or he's mad at me, or he's simply indifferent. And tonight, nothing could be further from the truth. It's a lie and has to be branded, cast down, and brought into captivity, that thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm not going to listen to that garbage in my mind. I'm not going to listen to that negative thought that comes from hell. I'm going to listen to what God says, I'm going to know what God says about me, and God says his thoughts to me are about peace. Yeah. Say peace. peace. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 again says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. One of the areas of healing that we need is in our soul. We need to let and recognize and appropriate or make ours what was purchased for us. He was punished 
for our peace. The punishment for our peace was upon him. He couldn't care for us any more than what he does. He couldn't show us in any greater way than what he has, that he loves us and cares for us. God thinks about us and cares about us a whole bunch. God has a whole lot of good thoughts about us. Listen to, to Psalm 40, verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. This is David writing, and this is Old Testament. If it was true in the Old Testament that God thought I had a whole bunch of thoughts about us, and they're good thoughts, we know that because he said, told us in Jeremiah 29, thoughts of peace, if that's true, and God has so many good thoughts about us, you know, we ought to be able to listen to him more. See, the problem with us is, is we sometimes are so negative about ourselves or about the world and circumstances, situations, and all of that, that we listen to all the negative stuff. We so gravitate toward that. And what we need to do is begin to hear God. Hear the thoughts of God. Uh, God says, yea, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness I've drawn you. Oh, that's a good word tonight. He loves us. He loves us. I, I remember when I first started really kind of meditating on God and his love, and I, I would sense in my prayer time God saying, I love you, and I'd think, oh, well, that's just me. No, that isn't just me. That's his word. Uh, John 3.16, almost every one of us knows that. If that's the only verse you know, you ought to be able to run well with that. For God so loved us, the world, that he gave his only begotten son. We need to know and his thoughts toward us. Know that God, and you say, well, you just don't know who I am. Oh, no, he knows. He knows who we are, and that's why Jesus had to die for us, shed his blood for our sins uh, and the person that we are. Anybody besides me ever discourage yourself? You ever look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm really discouraged with you. Listen to the Word of God, and let the Word of God renew your mind, renew our minds. We've got to learn God's thoughts and learn to think that way. And if we think that way, God's thoughts about us, you know what the outcome will be? Peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3, and this is verses in closing tonight. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Our peace comes from him. And when we are uh, anything that is anti-peace, listen, we need to think about him. We need to think about his word. We need to think and dwell on the Holy Spirit and what he speaks into our heart. And the outcome, spiritually minded, mind stayed on him, mind directed toward him, got all these things in life. And that doesn't just mean going through our lives and saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Sometimes you need to do that. <laughs> if it's really bad, sometimes you need to do that. I wouldn't do it necessarily if you're at uh, uh, the checkout counter, you know. I mean, Jesus, 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 you know. But, but sometimes you need to do that. But, and so it doesn't mean just saying Jesus 
40 million times through the day, but it does mean having our minds directed. When there are things competing with his peace in our minds and in our hearts, we need to look to him and his word. Our mind needs to go trained on him. Lord, this thing is competing with your peace in my life, but I look to you. You are my peace. Prince of peace. Jesus is called Prince of Peace. You know what that means? He rules by peace. He rules by, he speaks peace. He declares peace. He commands peace. Very first words after he rose from the dead were peace. Said it twice to emphasize it. Peace. Now I want you to tell yourself, I'm peaceful through him. Okay, God bless you. Let's uh, bow our heads tonight. I want to give an opportunity to, to those who have come that maybe you've never been saved or you've been away from God or something. And tonight, we're going to pray a, a simple prayer with you before we dismiss the service and, and pray a prayer of forgiveness. Jesus, come into your heart and life. Nobody looking around for a moment. You just say, with an open and honest heart, this is what I did 44 years ago, and my life has never been the same. Just prayed a simple prayer. Anybody, not, nobody looking around for a moment, you just with that uplifted hand say, would you remember me in this closing prayer for forgiveness? I need him. I need his peace. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Honest hearts. God bless you. We're going to pray together right now. And I want us all, let's just stand to our feet. And I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you, us all to just pray this prayer as we close tonight, pray this out loud with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for my sin. I confess my sin to you. I believe you did it for me. I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. You are my peace. Help me to bring my feelings and my thoughts under the influence of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. Thank you for paying so great a price so that I can have peace. I will not settle for anything less in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord just a big clap and thank him? Thank you, Lord. Our peace, we have, it has to be competed for. Uh, the devil's competing against it. We have, to, we have to compete with it. His word and his spirit, spiritually minded, will help us have peace. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.